Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. I'm joined by Ole Miss baseball radio analyst and career hits leader Brad Henderson. We're talking baseball in the program today. Brad, busy week, man. How are you? I'm good, Parrish. It's good to it's good to be home after after a long road trip to Gainesville, and uh, it's good to be back home for a six game homestand. Well, we were we were talking uh, off air a little bit, man. Uh, a lot of times these road trips, uh, you get finished on a Saturday, especially when you start at noon Central, and you know, win or lose, you, you get in that plane, you get back, and you're kind of like settled in at home on a Saturday night. That wasn't how it worked out for you, was it? You had a little, uh, oh, it, had a little it adventure. Wasn't. I had a I had an opportunity Saturday to, to take a rental car and uh, and drive from Gainesville to Atlanta to watch my daughter play in a volleyball tournament. So I hadn't got to see her play much since the Ole Miss season started. So that was that was a fun trip to go spend some time with them and and get to watch her play. That's right. That's a, you, you do uh, you do things that are hard for family sometimes. So a lot lot, <laughs> lot of driving, a lot of driving for Brad. But uh, that's good. I know it worked out well. For you, what's going on with uh, with Alpha Insurance? Well, it's it's a new month, and a new month means uh, need to start quoting some people and and trying to see if we can save them some money and make sure they have the right coverages on their uh, on their policies. So, you know, if you'd like a free quote or a free review, feel free to call me six six two two three six one five seven five. That sounds good, man. Lots to talk about in the program today. We'd like to thank our partners, the Oxford Park Commission. OPC is looking for lifeguards for the city pool for the summer. The season starts Memorial Day weekend and runs through Labor Day. Candidates must be at least 16 and have a current lifeguard certification. Contact Aquatics Director Jamie Chandler at jamie at oxfordparkcommission.com. That's J-A-M-I-E at OxfordParkCommission.com. Or if you if you don't have any questions, apply online at OxfordMS.net. So we appreciate uh, Oxford Park Commission for coming along for the ride. I was going to ask you, Brad, if you got uh, home in time to uh, catch that UCLA-Gonzaga game. But, man, sounds like you were on the road. That was uh, quite, a, quite a finish there. Uh, didn't, you know, nobody's really pushed Gonzaga in this tournament. Now they're in the – championship game tonight against Baylor. Uh, hopefully it'll be a good game. Yeah. I, I, of course, I saw the highlights, uh, you know, with Suggs hitting the game winner there at the very end. And you're right. UCLA, that's a, really the first team that's that's really taken them to the wire, it seems like, Parrish. So, I, I think it's a – I think when the season started or at least a week or two in, this is probably the two teams that uh, everybody would have picked to be in the national championship game. So, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's two really good teams and – uh, should be should be a good championship. I hope so. I'm going to confess. I was uh, at my in-laws' house, and I just kept thinking, "I ah, Gonzaga's fixing to pull away." I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to read a few more chapters in this uh, uh, Dwight Eisenhower book I'm working on. And uh, you know, and, and so I got into the book, and I kept looking, looking at the phone. I'd finish a chapter, I'd look at the phone. I thought, "Hmm, hadn't pulled away yet. Hmm, hadn't pulled away yet." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then my then my wife comes downstairs and tells me what I missed. So. Uh, Anyway, interesting uh, weekend. Interesting weekend for Ole Miss, Brad. Uh, they dropped their first series of the SEC season. Uh, I didn't see the games, but I followed along, and I, I know the Rebels had trouble scoring. Uh, 
in game one. It looked like they were more aggressive in game two. Did they change an approach some? Uh, I don't think so. I, I just think, you know, Kevin O'Sullivan kind of flipped his starters and 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 rolled his kind of uh, relief guys or closers in there to start. He calls them openers rather than closers. And uh, I just thought they were really good on Friday night, the two guys that threw. And, and they were throwing a hard slider, kind of like Gunner throws. And uh, we just couldn't muster much offense up. And you're going to get that a lot on, on Fridays in the SEC. If you, if you go back and look at our three series, Auburn Friday night – or Auburn game one, we score one run. Uh, Alabama game one, through the first eight innings, we score one run. And then the other night, you know, we, we just didn't muster up enough. And that's just a credit to SEC pitching uh, the, those aces. It's just hard to, to get a lot of offense. And the weather had something to do with it this weekend. Obviously, Gator did, uh, Florida didn't score much either. The wind was blowing straight in. It was extremely cold. So you knew runs were going to be at a premium, and you almost had to just try and manufacture them where you could. But, yeah, we just didn't swing it well. And then on, I thought in game two, we were a lot more aggressive uh, and we had some two out hits that, that surely helped. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, I don't know that lack of offense is, is the right word, just simply because the, the guys that were on the mound were pretty good. Uh, just, again, following along, it looked like a good series for Ole Miss. I thought they looked like they played well, could have been a little cleaner defensively uh, in game one. Uh, we saw an uncharacteristic play from a Justin Bench. There were a couple errors back-to-back there. Uh, and, you know, you, when you got had the infield in there in the ninth, a hard-hit ball, really hard-hit. But you're going to get hard-hit balls when you right. bring That's the right. infield in. And, and uh, Chaudnier was unable to field it cleanly. But uh, what, what did you think of, of Hoagland's outing there, Gunnar Hoagland, in, in game one? Yeah, I thought he was, I thought he was good. Uh, I, I didn't think he was great. He only had five strikeouts. Um, and I thought their approach against him was good. Uh, but he – you know, I, I think the three, they the three errors, Elko, Bench, and uh, Shotney, which they went and changed Shotney's back to a hit. Yeah, uh, were all three plays that we typically make. And then I thought late in the game, uh, when they extended the lead, TJ had a ball hit in center field that he just it ended up being a triple, uh, and he just took a poor angle on it. Uh, he kind of went straight across at it where he should have angled back towards the right center gap. And, uh, you know, once I had gotten out there, I realized that they cut the grass really, really short, and any ball that was going to hit was going to skip and go. Uh, but, you know, those are teaching points. Um, and, and, you know, I think it was offensively is where we failed uh, in game one. But, yeah, we should have been cleaner in game one. That game should have been a lot closer. Uh, but then I thought we bounced back in game two and played really well. Uh, and then game three, we, we haven't talked about game three, but I thought game three, we played really, really well. We just couldn't get a big hit. Um, and, and we still gave ourselves a chance in the eighth and the ninth to tie it or win it. So I was really proud of that. And it's weird coming off of losing the series for the first time. I thought we played really well. I, I thought we really gave our chance, gave ourselves a chance to win a road series. Uh, but you just go back early on in that game. We had bases loaded, nobody out. Peyton Chatney hits a, a hard one hopper to third base when they turn a double play. Uh, we get first and second, nobody out. Uh, ben Cleve hits into a double play. Um, and, and then late in the game, 
you know, we, we had some opportunities there, especially there in the ninth, where we get first and second one out. And uh, Kevin O'Sullivan goes to the left-hander, uh, Vanda Wide, and, and uh, against our two left-handers, Dunhurst uh, and Harris. And we just couldn't get that, that hit that it seems like we've been getting. Yeah. you know, but we very well could have won that game. Uh, but I thought they played really well, and I was I was glad to see the fight, the resiliency they had, and they showed it in game two. You know, uh, Fabian hits a big home run there in the sixth or seventh to tie it up, and uh, and then obviously Jacob Gonzalez hits a huge two-run homer in the eighth, and then we extend it in the ninth. So, yes, did we lose two out of three? We sure did, but I, I thought they played really well in games two and three to give ourselves a chance. Well, you can you can play really well in this conference and not win the series. The margin for error is very small. That's that's why some of those defensive plays are highlighted. You know, the margin for error uh, very small in these games. But uh, we talked last week about uh, uh, kind of uh, the meat of the schedule right now uh, with these series: Florida, uh, Arkansas coming in this weekend, then at Mississippi State. Um, what do you what do you see? Do you, you think the Rebels are equipped? Uh, how do you think they come out of this stretch? Obviously, uh, you know, one and two to start. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think they're excited about it. You, you know, you look at Arkansas and Auburn this weekend. Arkansas very well could have gotten swept this yeah. weekend. Now they ended up winning two games, and and credit them for that. Uh, good good teams find ways to win. But Butch Thompson right now at Auburn's he's kicking himself because he had a real opportunity. Uh, to not only win two out of three, but sweep that series. Uh, so, it, you know, it, it boils down to when there's really good teams playing, it's just who plays better and gets timely hitting. Uh, so, no, I don't think we're going to be overwhelmed. I think it's going to be a phenomenal atmosphere. Uh, talked to the ticket office last week. I knew Saturday was already sold out. I, I really think Friday and Sunday will be uh, packed as well. So, the the excitement, the environment, it should be a, a true home field advantage. Uh, and it's just a matter of we, we've got to play well. But uh, are they going to fear Arkansas? Absolutely not. You can go back and look at Mike and, and Dave Van Horn's uh, record against each other, and it's almost 500. Yeah. And so I expect it to be the same this weekend. Uh, it's just going to be two really good baseball teams. Uh and it's just going to be an electric SEC baseball weekend, a premier weekend. Yeah, they've had some success against the Arkansas now. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, will revert back to that Super Regional a couple of years ago. But, look, that's that that's that's what home field can do for you, man, in, in, yep. in the postseason. And that's yep. why uh, every weekend is so important to help you along the way to, to build to uh, that national seed and, and that opportunity. But uh, – it's going to be a great weekend. I think we look back, uh, you know, at uh, the Auburn weekend right after the uh, COVID restrictions uh, had, had been lifted. And, and man, it was just, it, it was almost startling, Brad, to look around and see 10,000 people in the stands on Saturday, you know, after a, after a year of, uh, look, being thankful to be able to play uh, football, basketball, and, and the limitations uh, that were in place in terms of attendance to, to turn around and, and have uh, 10,000 was really good to see. And, you know, from what I can uh, tell, that wasn't like a super spreader event, man. I didn't see, uh, you know, a lot of COVID cases rise uh, after that, uh, you know, that weekend against Auburn. And it's not that, uh, not that the virus is gone. You know, still need to be 
uh, careful and practice uh, personal responsibility. But, uh, you know, look, uh, it's it's good to see uh, collectively uh, the state and the nation maybe turning a corner there and and getting closer to seeing these things more often. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, that, that Arkansas series. Let's talk Jacob Gonzalez a little bit. Big home run there uh, in game two. Um, Mike thought this was going to be a guy. Thought he was going to be somebody who could hit for power. He seems he still hadn't really settled on where he likes Gonzalez in the lineup. I know he batted uh, sixth uh, in, in one, maybe the in game one, and then he was higher up, I think, uh, batting second again in games two and three. What, what have you seen uh, in his development so far? Yeah, well, I've seen he, he's not uh, he's not overwhelmed by by the situation and by the environment, uh, which for a freshman that's extremely impressive. I, I it seems like the whole my whole freshman year, my head was just on a swivel, just uh, deer in the headlights, and you know, but he he's not he's so calm, and he's. The one thing I've seen is is if he has a bad game offensively, which we've seen some inconsistencies, and you're going to see that, especially when you start playing in, in conference weekends. But, uh, you know, his defense has just been phenomenal. Uh, and he's been just kind of a, a quiet leader. Uh, but, no, the kid's really got a chance. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's hitting in that 270, 280, 290 range, and he's pretty much been there all year. Um, you know, like I said, he's shown some inconsistency where he's been not overmatched, but, uh, you know, he goes over four, but then he bounces back and has a two or three hit game. And, you know, I, I just – I would like to see him be more consistent, um, but they've got to be super excited of where he where he's at right now in his career. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I saw that personally, where that, you know, that he was going to be that guy that, that may hit seven or eight home runs this year and – and hit 275 or 300. Um, you, you go back to Greg Kessinger, how much he struggled uh, as a freshman hitting uh, around 180. Yeah. Um, so it, it's you know you know the sky's the limit for Jacob, and uh, he's just since day one he's just kind of fit in. The guys have accepted him, and uh, and he's really taken over that shortstop role and, and been a real positive for this team. Well, and you bring up Greg Kessinger, Anthony Servideo struggled as a freshman offensively. Also, and you look at how both of those guys uh, progressed, how they grew and how they finished uh, their time uh, at Ole Miss. So, you know, it would be great to see that same uh, trajectory for Jacob Gonzalez. And certainly uh, he's off to a great start. What did you think of uh, Peyton Chatagnier's weekend? Did you see uh, evidence of, uh, of the hamstring? Oh, I did not. Uh, I talked to Peyton in the hotel and, uh, and I just flat out asked him. I said – you know, last week he hit a ball at Alabama down the third baseline. The third baseman dives and hits off his glove and rolls up against the wall. And you didn't even think about taking second base. And he said, "It." He said, "It will be a stand-up double now." That that he felt a hundred percent. They've been doing a lot of stretching, uh, a lot of running, and I think most of it, Parrish, was a lot of it was mental. Uh, that there was some car, scar tissue built up in there, and uh, he could kind of feel that. Uh, and just it was the fear of re-injuring that hamstring, and and I think he's finally getting to a point now where that that's not the case. Uh, I thought he looked really good uh, defensively. Uh, he was going after balls that at a hundred percent that I'm not sure he would have a week or two ago. 
Um, and so, yeah, and obviously they're going to need him. I, I think offensively he, you know, the, the slider got him there one game. He had four at-bats uh, where he struck out, but then came up with a huge two-out RBI single uh, late in that game on uh, Saturday or the, the second game, Friday, uh, which was an odd play uh, when Bench and Salmon scored on, on the ball, hit the right field. You don't see that very often. Uh, but, no, I think everyone's healthy other than Max Chofey. Didn't see him. This weekend, I think there's still a little soreness there in that meniscus. Uh, so it'll be, I'll, I'll be curious to see if he throws any this week. Well, I wondered about Max Chofey and thought maybe they're just being uh, careful with him. Certainly, there are a lot of non conference innings this week, and it looks like uh, good weather. So uh, maybe an opportunity to see him today against uh, North Alabama or tomorrow against Alcorn. I just think, uh, I think if he gets back and is healthy, and, and look, honestly, he's just seen him one time. You know, had that appearance against uh, uh, in with the second game out in Texas, maybe Texas Tech, and and um, and honestly, wasn't as sharp uh, as we've seen him before. And you look back and think, well, you know, I bet that that knee was uh, coming into play there. I think he had a number of walks. He might have thrown a score sinning or maybe given up one run, but. Uh, you know, just uh, I know that uh, that he's been sharper, and uh, I think he could really be a really could really give this bullpen a lift and some uh, some depth. Um, bullpen, what what did you think over the weekend? Look like uh, you know they uh, hit uh, Drew McDaniel a little bit. Uh, I like that role for him. I, I like seeing him come out of the bullpen as a guy who can potentially. Uh, you know, go longer and uh, give a little more depth there if needed. What What did you think of, of the bullpen? Yeah, I thought uh, I thought Myers was good on on in game one, uh, and I thought Drew was good, really good in game two, following up Doug. Yeah, he gave up he gave up a home run to Fabian that tied it there in the sixth, and uh, but then he struck out the next two and got a ground ball. So I thought that was huge for him. Uh, you know, kind of bridging that gap to get to Broadway in, in game two. And then, you know, game three, I, he struggled a little bit after, you know, not having rest. Uh, but that's going to happen. I, I think that role is perfect for him uh, because he can extend those innings. I think he can give you three to four innings in a game where you go back to Trophy. I think Trophy is probably a one-inning guy. And uh, I, I think that's why it's so important to get him back. You know, you maybe you run him out there for an inning – uh, after Derek started getting tired in game three, uh, and we just didn't have that opportunity. Uh, he, he's more of a strikeout pitcher, where I think Drew is more of a long uh, long relief guy, and uh, he's been super valuable uh, and obviously got a lot of great experience when Doug was injured and out. Uh, but, no, I think the bullpen's set up nicely the past few weekends. I think Mike's done a good job of getting the right guys in there. And like I said, uh, you know, that, that plane ride home was – had to be a long ride home for those guys simply because they, you felt like they let one get away. You know, we didn't give it away, uh, but but I thought we we let one get away for sure. Taylor Broadway really seems like he is uh, pitching at a different level than, than maybe three weeks ago. You know, it looks like uh, uh, seeing a lot more consistency, a lot more dominance from him. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Uh, the, you know, he threw the two innings on, on Friday or Saturday and, uh, he had four or five – I think he had five strikeouts, faced the minimum six batters, and, you know, he's running it up there 95 miles an hour, and it's just pinpoint accuracy. Uh, and his sliders, 
It's just, I mean, it, those two pitches, that's all he needs. I mean, he is a true dominant closer. Uh, I don't know that Ole Miss knew they had that going in, into the year. Uh, of course, you had Braden Forsythe last year that yeah. closed far. So, uh, I think it's been a pleasant surprise. I think they knew that uh, he was really good. Broadway was really good. I don't think they knew he was this good, but uh, he's he's about as – He's about as good as it gets at the collegiate level as far as, far as the closer role goes. He, he, you know, you take him and, and maybe a Landon Sims from Mississippi State, you know, those two guys are just dominating when they get in the game. What's, the, what's made the difference for Broadway from last year to this year? I think it's just his confidence. Uh, you know, when we were in Texas, he, he got an opportunity and, and excelled in it, and I think, you know, Braden Forsythe got in and, and kind of scuffled a little bit. And, and it was more Braden. Braden's stuff is really good. Uh, but it was more of a command issue. And, you know, once once the role was defined that, that Taylor, you're going to be our guy, he, he's just manned up. And, uh, you know, when you have the confidence of your teammate and, and the staff, uh, he's just kind of run with it. And you can kind of see it now in his demeanor, and, 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 his, and his presence on the mound. So it, it's been a good run for him, and it's a great fit for this Ole Miss staff. Kevin Graham, Tim Elko just continue to hit, just really seeing, uh, seeing the consistency uh, from those guys. Um, what, uh, what, what allows them to just uh, – how hard is it, Brad, as a hitter, to just bring your game every day and just continue – to hit in a game that we often hear described baseball as a game of failure? Well, I think for them, and this is probably the case for any uh, successful hitter at this level to do it on, on such a consistent level, is they've seen it. They've, they've, they've been through the fires. I mean, you, you're not going to run anybody out there that, that they haven't seen the great breaking ball or, or the 96-mile-an-hour fastball. They've been through those fires. And so the game has just slowed down for them, and uh, and they've had success. And the more you have success, the easier it is. So you know they they just don't get overwhelmed. There's you're not going to run anybody out there that uh, that they hadn't already seen before. Stuff wise, you know, they, you know they they've seen the 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 75 mile an hour breaking ball from the slow left hander, and and they've seen the the 98 mile an hour fastball from the hard throwing right handers. So I, I just think the experience that they've had in this league, uh, it just prepares you for these moments. And obviously we saw what they did there in the top of the ninth in game three. They go back to back hits and give ourselves a chance to to tie it up or take the lead. And uh, so I expect them to continue to do that. But it, it's been a phenomenal run that they both had the entire year. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. You can check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things there. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.